Sugar's Desert Diaries. Hello. This week, California calling. I'm currently sitting in a forest about 90 miles inland from San Diego under a canopy of trees next to a pool of clear water which has a stream running into it. I'm sure you can hear that. And I'm watching a pair of dragonflies dart in and out of the bulrushes right in front of me. Oh, it's lovely. With the heat of Phoenix making molten lava feel decidedly nippy and, you know, with a family feeling pretty fed up that because of Covid restrictions my dad still won't be able to visit in a few weeks' time, we thought, why not hit the road? We're lucky enough, of course, to be able to work pretty much remotely. The last 18 months or so has shown that and we're also lucky enough to have that big old chunk of motorhome on our driveway. So we made a last-minute decision to hit the road and why not? We set off on Monday morning with two adults, two children, two dogs, and this time, for the first time, one bearded dragon. Yes, we are transporting royalty as Princess Margaret is in the house, or rather the van. Our lovely friend Coz offered to feed our kitties and we did think about dropping off P-Mags, as she's known, with a lizard sitter. But then on the advice of the brilliant Phoenix Herpetological Society, where we adopted her from last year, we decided to bring her along for the ride. And so far, she seems to be having a lovely time. I think. Honestly, it's a bit hard to tell. <laughs> Monday was a federal holiday here in the States as this year, the 4th of July, Independence Day, fell on a Sunday. So everybody got the next day off work. We used that opportunity to hammer it all the way from the desert to the ocean, motoring down the Interstate 8 from Phoenix to Oceanside, a town about 30 miles north of San Diego. We pulled into the RV park nearly eight hours after we left home, a good 90 minutes longer than it usually takes in a car, with just a couple of stops along the way to make sarnies on the side of the road. The place we stayed was really different to all the state and national parks we'd previously hooked our camper up to. No wide open spaces or greenery this time around. Commercial parks certainly pack the trailers in and they're much more about functionality than beauty. In reality, it was a bit like being in a massive car park as opposed to out in nature, but it was just a three minute walk to the beach it boasted and had a little shop and a pool and a laundry and all of those kinds of mod cons. Arriving just a day after the 4th of July, it was clear that we'd missed the party. So many of the huge RVs and fifth wheelers, which are like massive trailers, 30 plus feet long, towed only by the biggest models of pickup trucks around, were decorated in red, white and blue flags. Posters and signs and bunting said things like, proud to be an American and freedom. They were everywhere. As we pulled in, we saw a man in a t-shirt that read, whiskey, steak, guns and freedom. <laughs> I wish my daughter and I turned to each other and both said simultaneously, America. In this case, the A is superfluous, America. Despite feeling a little bit out of our depth and all the patriotism going on around us, we had a really nice couple of days. People were warm and welcoming and the beach was indeed just a few minutes away, but when I say beach, it wasn't quite as we expected. Less beach and more a bunch of rocks with massive waves smashing up against them. Now, I love the ocean and it was nice to just sit on the rocks and look out to sea, but if you look at all the images online, the beach wasn't quite as advertised. 
If you Google Buccaneer Beach in California, you will see wide open sandy beaches with a pile of rocks just in front of what are clearly very expensive houses. In reality, that sand's gone. And the water now starts right at that line of boulders. There was even a huge, beautiful painted mural in a nearby park of that wide sandy beach. I looked at the date. It was painted in 2010, just 11 years ago. Walking south the next day to another beach called St Marlow in search of, well, in search of a beach, we found in fact that that beach was reserved to the residents of those very expensive houses only, not for public access. We talked to Ray, the very nice security man who stood at the gates of the entrance to the community and told us, you're not missing anything. There's no beach here anymore, he said. In the last five years, it's just disappeared. There used to be loads of sand up and down this part of the coast and now it seems for the past few years there's never been a low tide. One day the ocean came in and it never went out. I thought of all the people who must have spent gazillions of dollars on those beachfront homes now to have, well, certainly a waterfront home but no place to sit out and enjoy that water. The thing is, said Ray, if it carries on like this, in a decade or so there won't even be any houses. The ocean's just going to keep going and wash right up over them. Walking back to the RV park, I then noticed just how many of these houses were up for sale. A huge chunk, maybe even a quarter. Who knows, at this rate, maybe we won't even have to leave Phoenix in order to get to the beach in a few years. The next day, we headed an hour or so along Interstate 8 to El Cajon, inland from San Diego, to another RV park where we had planned to stay a few nights. Within 10 minutes of arriving, it struck us that we were pretty much the only people who didn't live there all the time. And yet, there was no one around. The place was packed with trailers, around which people had constructed little gardens and washing lines and even workshops. And yet there was no people. I mean, I'm guessing they were all at work. Our welcome pack, in the loosest sense of the word, included a very long list of rules and regulations, which were nowhere to be found on the website, I have to add, including that there was a strict policy banning dangerous dog breeds. Including, wait for it, yes, you've guessed it, Siberian Huskies and Alaskan Malamutes. (laughs) Oh dear, we suddenly found ourselves in possession of illegal dogs. What to do? I'd managed to miss the football because of a whole string of Zoom meetings I'd had to go to, but by the time I watched the match on catch-up and had a little celebration, a few people had appeared, most of them arriving home and then walking their dogs around the park. We spotted three pit bulls, three huskies, two German shepherds and a boxer, all on the illegal dog list and clearly owned by full-time residents. So we felt a little bit better about our forbidden pooches, but decided, as we couldn't really let them sit outside all day, which is all they ever want to do, we were going to move on. It's amazing how many Americans do live full-time in mobile homes, or trailers as they're often called here. More than 20 million, or about 6% of the entire population. There's definitely a disparaging attitude to people who live in this way. I'm sure you've heard the phrase trailer trash, used to denigrate generally poor, generally white working class people who live in these parks. But for so many Americans, this is the only way they will ever own their own home. With rising house prices and even faster rising rents, living on a trailer park not only means you can live in your own home, but that you can move to wherever the work is if you need to and take your own home with you. 
Except for a couple of retirees, everyone around us who lived on the site clearly went out to work every day, arriving home about five o'clock and heading out at eight the next morning. But with nowhere really to hang out and the illegal dogs in tow, we set off after lunch the next day, heading back along the I-8, which is essentially the road we will then take all the way home. Searching for places to stay along the way and calling them up to see if they had spaces as we approached. Eventually, about 90 minutes or so out of San Diego, we hit the jackpot and found a site in the Cleveland National Forest. And as I said, I'm sitting to you now by the side of a pool, under a tree, as my no longer illegal dogs dig massive holes to goodness knows what. I don't want to think what they're going to find. The girls have gone off to find the ostriches that the owner of the campsite keeps and the lizard is basking on a branch in her terrarium. It's lovely. The nearest town is called Boulevard, which describes itself, get this, and I quote, as remote, sparsely populated and not really on the way to anywhere. People who are familiar with Boulevard, continued the blurb on the website I was reading, will know it from the bumper sticker, where the hell is Boulevard? (laughs) Only in America, eh? Back home tomorrow. I'll see you in the desert. (laughs) 